Last time on The Beholder's Eye. Hey, welcome to The Beholder's Eye. I'm Baritone Scale Weaver. Welcome. Oh, bonjour, mon ami. I have a great opportunity for you. Right on. What's your name, sir? Uh, Draculion Wimapart. Thank you very much. Uh, You're being very rude. I need help finding a dragon. You're ruining my deception roll right now. (laughs) (laughs) He wants to find a dragon? So if you had to go anywhere, start anywhere, you should go to these... Uh, Stonewell's Obsidian Mines, okay? You can ask their foreman there. His name is Stanley Stonewell. I will go get Mr. Stonewell. You four stay right here, please. Welcome, brave traveler, to Salandrian, a city steeped in murder, mystery, and madness. Stagnation and complacency have run rampant, and something monstrous churns behind the dark. A group of private investigators are the only thing that stands in the way of injustice and despair. Let us join them now for another exciting episode of The Beholder's Eye! One, two, one, two, sitting in the waiting room of Stan or a Stonewell Obsidian and as you're sitting there a man walks in through the door and Chirp, Barry and Swifty you immediately recognize this man and as he walks through the door he stops because he immediately recognizes the three of you it's Bilton oh. he oh. says Bilton oh fuck oh hi Bilton long time no see acid breath to the face Draculian turns around. What is going on? Before the three of you can do anything, Bilton turns heel and tries to run out the door. Oh, man. I run after him. I'm going to have you guys roll initiative real quick just to figure out who gets to move first here. It's uh, 19 for me. 13. Nine. Uh, Draculian's just going to go last. Okay. Wes, you're first to act. So are you going to... Is he in human form? Yes. All right. Is he within eyesight of me right now still? Did he run around the corner already? Uh, he is basically like one foot out the door. But still, I can still see him. Yeah, yeah. I cast hold person. <laughs> All right, and that's a wisdom save? That is, in fact, a wisdom save. What's your DC? 16. He shrugs your spell off and says, you can't hold me down. All right. I chase after him yet, though. Use my movement speed to follow him. Oh, and by the way, he's dropped all pretense of, like, humanity at this point. He's he's not going to try and talk to you guys or anything. He's taken off. Do, do I still see him? No, he's still, like, halfway in the doorway. He just kind of turns around to quip at Barry. Okay. 
And then, Swifty, it's your your turn. Yeah, I'm going to try to straight acid to his face. He's about 15 feet away from you. How, how far is this here? I'm pretty sure I have that. Yeah, roll me an attack roll. 19. Oh, that definitely hits. Weak. Uh, so that's four damage? Yeah. You run up on Bilton as he's trying to get out the doorway and just puke a bunch of acid up on the... Well, what? If enemy, I have assassinate, so if enemy hasn't taken combat action, you have advantage against surprised enemies. He was still surprised. No, he's already making combat actions. Yeah, no, like him walking in and seeing you ruin the surprise. As this acid splashes across his back, you can see that the front of his body is starting to to move a a bit and start to undulate weirdly, and he's making weird guttural noises in his throat. And when this acid hits him, he lets out a bit of a little squeal and stumbles forward a bit, but is still trying to get away from you. Uh, and chirp, it's your turn. I just want to say something to Matthias. Oh, go for it. So he turns to Draco and he says, Worm parts, hold him. Yeah, chirp just flies over on her turn and uh, hover over there just to keep an eye on him in case he gets out the door. But I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to like engage in him. I'm pretty freaked out right now. <laughs> I remember last time. You did get 10 uh, up last time. Did. So it's his turn and he takes off down the entryway, but there's not really much of anywhere to go. The tram that he came in on is leaving as he gets up to it. And he kind of turns around and he's like, fuck, fuck. As the four of you start to close in on him, he's standing kind of at the edge of a drop-off that uh, leads down into a bunch of jagged pieces of obsidian underneath where the rail comes in. Dracolian, I'm going to let you get an action in on him before he does anything here. He just yells out, Stop running and cast suggestion with a DC 15 wisdom saving throw. Yeah, he shrugs that right off and says, your magical powers cannot affect me. I was coming in here to get information, but I see that I'm outmatched here. You always were. I can't let you capture me. And he dives backwards off of the ledge. Good talk, Bilton. I'm going to give you guys one last chance to try and do anything here. Do you want to fly after him? We can do that. Yeah. I can fly after him. Yeah, I'm flying. I'm I'm taking off. I want to keep him in. How far in, is the drop? I want to watch him. He's about 25 feet away from you as yeah. he's dropping off. But, well, I mean, when I... How, how far is the drop? Like, yeah, like, if I'm, I jump I'm, off of this... When you guys came in, you noticed that it was at least a couple hundred feet down. The fly spell is a thing. I just want to... That's why I said you, we want to fly, is I was asking, would you like me to cast the spell fly so we can fly after him. Yeah, Chirp, I'm already Chirp already on my is way. flying, because yeah, she, she can she fly has ability, but... fall. The only one that might have trouble is uh, Swifty. Are you comfortable with flying, Swifty? No, I walk to the edge and peer over the edge and look to see if... I want to do I like an investigation again, check yeah. to see if I can see what happened to Bilton. As you make it up to the edge and uh, Dracolian is... is kind of seeing if you guys want to fly down there and Chirp is flying up to the edge next to you. As you look down, you see no trace. You see you see no trace of Bilton. Oh, I thought okay. I thought he was within 25 feet when I went to... I was going to try to cast another whole person on him if he was pretty short. Oh, out. no, you can't, you can't see him at all. I look back in the group and I say, we deal with him later. We go find Dragon now. So now Bilton is possibly scurrying around somewhere in these catacombs. Can I, real quick, uh, what just happened? What was all this? I mean, I was glad to help as little as I did, but 
why uh, do you like uh do you like the abduction of teenage girls um not particularly no yeah see neither do we here at the beholder's eye and that guy's an asshole okay made of tentacles I, I see the problem. I see the problem. As the four of you are standing, kind of looking over this precipice, seeing that there's no no trace of Bilton left, you all feel a weird sensation. Swifty, Chirp, and Barry, this feeling is starting to become very familiar for you. Oh no, here we go it's again. It's that weird feeling of reality warping around you. As this is happening, I'm gonna need all four of you to roll a d20. Reality's warping again. Oh, not again. 15. 18. 19. That is a seven. Nothing really happens to the four of you, but you you still, you feel that weird reality bending feeling. And as the four of you turn around to walk back into the Stonewell office, you see that it's gone, but not, not like you're still in the same place. You're now in a different part of the catacombs. And as you turn back around to, to look back over that, you know, that precipice, and you are in a long hallway that looks like it's been carved out of pure obsidian. Is it lit? By hand. Oh yeah, it's lit. <laughs> it is lit! Uh, yeah. uh, no, it is actually, it is not lit, but there is light. So it's there's, dim there's lit. no, well, no, there's no torches that you can see, but there's plenty of light Ma- and you can see- light? all the way down this hallway. And at the very end of the hallway, there is a rough looking obsidian doorway. Um, does this happen all the time when you chase tentacle beings? Uh, uh it's not... been happening quite a bit lately and I'm There's no tired real typical thing about it though. It is weird. The it longer happened. you hang Let's out go. with me, the more uncomfortable you're gonna feel. Okay, let's make this quick then. Yeah, the four of you are basically at a dead end of a hallway and there's a door on the other end of it. It's about 60 feet away from you. Let's go to the end of this dead end with the door. Yeah, I want to move down to the door. Yeah, we and all rush ahead. This is not As fun. you get to the door, who's going first? Dib's not. I'll let my employees go first. I <laughs> will go first. Chirp uh, apprehensively goes up to the door and uh, why don't you make me an investigation check on the door? Uh, ten. As you're walking up to it, you notice that from this this side of the door, there's no discernible handle, but there is a window in the door that has a sheet of opaque glass, and in that glass is etched the same symbol that Dracolian had shown all of you earlier, and mm-hmm. it's still doing that weird thing with your eyes. Other than that, you don't really see a way to open the door. Wonderful. This is this is the one. This We're on the right track. Can I look through the glass? No, it's opaque. Can I, like, scratch it off? <laughs> no, it's, it seems like maybe sandblasted you, on the inside. Even the symbol is not... Clear? You can't. Yeah, no. It's it's the symbol is actually darker than the rest of the okay. glass. So so. Well, once can I open the door? Walking up behind Chip, I see her the symbol over her head. I turn back to Draco and I'm like, "This is what you're looking for. This is the one. Yeah, we're on the right track. I feel that." I pull him forward and I say, "You open it now." Right. I will do that. Right. You now. say you special. Dragon up! Chirp, you had tried to push on the door, and it did not budge at all. Swifty, as you pull Draco closer to the door, the door starts to vibrate a bit. The closer he gets to the door, the harder it starts to vibrate, and Draco, I would assume that you you probably 
pull that sketch out. Yeah. And as you pull it out, it, it vibrates even harder and there is a loud click noise and the door starts to slowly swing open. Draco, uh, Dracolian turns to Swifty and like full like mouth, almost unhinging goes, ha! <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, worm parts! <laughs> and I turn away from him and walk through the door first, taking the lead. And like saunters in through the door. As you guys all enter in through the door, the the first thing you all notice is that the chamber you're in is nothing like the hallway that you were just in. There is rich mahogany wood paneling on every wall. There is vaulted ceilings with amazing chandeliers hanging from it. There are bookshelves everywhere and in the center of the room there looks to be a work table where somebody has been performing some sort of scientific experiments and other you know books are open to pages and so it's a library slash laboratory exactly exactly and a laboratory a laboratory <laughs> wow. i'm gonna use that as the four of you enter uh you hear a voice from somewhere in the back of the room say well, finally. Ah, it took you forever to find me. Why don't the four of you make yourselves comfortable? And as he says, as this voice, disembodied voice says this, you see that laboratory workbench in the middle of the room get a little, it kind of phases in and out of reality for a second. And in its place, phases back in a love seat that looks big enough for the four of you to sit on. And a nice coffee table in the middle with steaming cups of tea and another uh, seat across from the love seat that looks like it'll fit only one person. Well, nothing weird about this. I'm going to jump on that sofa. Barry, you try it first. I'm already on it. <laughs> Barry, you run up and plop down on the sofa Ooh. and it is like the most comfortable thing you've ever sat on. Oh my. And the as you OMG. sit down in it, <laughs> the the cup of tea that's, that's sitting in front of you, the smell from it starts to waft to you, and you get the smell of jasmine and mint. I and love it, jasmine. She was my favorite princess. Uh, it, it smells delicious. Mm, just the way I imagined. Are there crackers on the uh, table? There is actually a nice platter in the center of the table with all sorts of uh, finger foods and sandwiches. Crackers? And Oh, yes, of course, crackers. When Dracolian sits down, he's uh, he's very, like, like you haven't seen him nervous this entire time. Like, he's been smugly poised, or at least, like, recovers to smugly poised. Um, but now he's, like, he's bouncing his leg, and he's, like, rubbing his, his feet on his, on his, his hands on his robes. Chirp grabs a cracker and then, like, flies up into the corner of the room <laughs> and does not yet eat the cracker. As, as you do that, Chirp, Swifty... I'm going to go stand behind the love seat that Draco and Wetberry are sitting on. Okay. Like 10, 15 feet behind it. Dracolian scoots scoots like a foot away, just in case. Barry and Dracolian are sitting on opposite ends of this love seat while Swifty kind of stands in the middle behind them and Chirp is floating in the farthest corner of the room as she can get eating her crackers. No, and, not eating the oh, crackers. Oh, not eating them. Okay. Holding them. Perched somewhere I'm waiting in the to rafters. see what happens. <laughs> okay. As you float up there, Chirp, you hear that voice again say, Oh, little birdie, don't be afraid. I'm not here to hurt you. You're too important to hurt. Why don't you come and join us? And as he says that, 
in the chair sitting across from the love seat materializes a very handsome elven man. At the tips of his pointed ears, he has, on on both sides, he has small silver rings that pierce his ears. And hanging from those are that same symbol that you've seen coming in here, the symbol of the dragon. And as you all kind of get a good look at him, you can see that there's a bit of a light behind his pupils, kind of a flickering fire every now and then. But he is, he's one of the most attractive looking elves you've ever seen. He's very poised. He's wearing a sharp, well-tailored suit and he has small half-moon glasses sitting at the tip of his nose. Uh, Can I do an investigation check to make sure he is not in fact a dragon? Okay. Also, can I do an arcana for if I know anything of someone, like, this is description, I guess history would actually be better for that. Okay. My role didn't provide me with any results. Okay. I rolled a 26. Damn. Okay, so, yeah, you, with your knowledge of the history of dragons, you know that there's not really anyone that fits this description, but you know that dragons have the ability to take on really any form they want to. Their natural form is what most people would envision when they think of a dragon, but they can literally take on, they can be a fly if they want to. They're they're true polymorphs, so they can change into any shape they want to. Right. Seeing this guy coalesce, I walk up to the back of the love seat and I look right at him like, you is special, who is you? Welcome, loyal listener, to Inside the Player's Studio with your host and Dungeon Master, Andrew. Hey everybody, it's your DM Andrew again, uh, back with Tyus Mason, Dracolium Worm Apart. It's, it's Matthias. It's not a problem. No problem. Matthias? Ah, oh, fuck. I fuck it up every time, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, no, everyone, everyone does. Oh my God. I, uh, just started working at, um, at Barnes and Noble at my school. Right. So I, I, when they asked for a nickname, <laughs> I was like, just put Alex because <laughs> that's be my middle easier. name. Just, just fucking put Alex. Right. And yeah, but there was, there was like a bug or something. Well. So they just put my normal name. So it's like, well. All right. So what inspired you to play Dracolian? Um, I think it was actually not my first Dungeons Dragons character I ever came up with, but one of my first like concepts that I really liked of this just uh, a dragonborn that wants to be a dragon, or at the very least, really is into the whole hoarding <laughs> thing and still being an adventurer and good, but like definitely yeah. out for themselves, um, and like having draconic uh, bloodline and just like wanting to get. I don't know. Uh, I just thought it was an interesting idea. And then adding French into it adds a great voice. Oh, yeah. And Dracolian Worm Apart is an amazing pun. Yeah, and it's the best. <laughs> it's just really fun to say. Uh, when you sent me, like, the character details, uh-huh. when we were prepared for this, I probably laughed about the name for a good two or three days. Just, I'm every so time glad. I pop back into my head, it's just, ha yeah, that's good. <laughs> All right. That's uh, great. If you were a dragonborn, what color dragonborn would you be? Hmm. Um, I think the, I mean, usually when you, people ask like that sort of question of like, what would you be? It's divided along what would I want to be? What would I actually be? Um, but I think with the 
Dragon Boy. I think just Breathing Fire is cool, right? Uh, and I think I'd I'd want to be a metallic dragon. You know, if there's that like uh, dividing thing where uh, the chromatic ones are evil and blah blah blah. Uh, I I think just gold would be good. I mean, you know, being too good gets annoying. I don't want to be straight a paladin, <laughs> and, you know. But like, you know, I'm a good person. Yeah. I like helping people yeah. out. So, uh, so what is your favorite spell in all in all of D and D? Okay, you're gonna know exactly what I'm saying. This uh, conjure animals. Is, oh yeah. <laughs> so it's such a versatile spell, right? Um this so this one time in the campaign that uh Andrew and I are in, uh we snuck in to a villain's base by summoning a bunch of badgers and having them dig a hole underneath. And it was just an amazing moment where we surprised the whole uh evil group and it was it was a lot of fun. Uh but there's a ton of other things you can do with it. It's like yeah. <laughs> uh if you, you just need to get somewhere fast, horses, right? There's a wall in your way, the badgers, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, ruin a dinner party, suddenly frogs, monsters <laughs> chasing you, get some giant owls to pick you up, out of rope, tie some pythons together. I'm just saying oh, <laughs> there's a lot of things you could do. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up because that's probably one of the moments in my D&D career that stands out above a lot of other ones just because yeah. of how once the dm realized what we were doing <laughs> yeah she yeah. was just like you guys are assholes <laughs> <laughs> this like, is not what was supposed to happen yeah hey, hey it's totally fine within the rules <laughs> right right and she let us do it and we oh man yeah yeah, yeah that's a, that's a great thing is when the dm is like well this is not what i wanted and this messes with stuff but it's really funny or it's really too cool good. yeah <laughs> so i'll let it happen exactly yeah exactly yeah and that's i mean that's why i like asking people about their favorite spell it, uh i get to a learn about spells I might not know about, and B get to hear good fun stories about people when somebody used that spell. Right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, where can people find you on social media if they want to? Um. So my Twitter is Matthias AJ Mason. Um. Will you have that in like show notes or something? Oh yeah, there'll be links yeah. for that. Uh, and if I ever get a website or something, I'll pin the tweet or I'll put it on the website thing. So oh, if yeah, I ever we'll sure yeah to, uh, have anything else, it'll be there. Okay. Um, uh, do you have any pro- uh, projects in the works right now? Or if you don't, do you have anything you want to help promote or get the word yeah, out about? Yeah, absolutely. So I got a lot of projects, but none of them are in a stage where like I can actually market them and not... <laughs> and point people at them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll just point at a blank space in the internet. But, okay, can I promote something that's not related to me at all? Yeah. Okay, so there's this amazing web serial called Worm that I'm obsessed with, Okay. Um, it's su- basically superheroes, but like where the tropes make sense in the context, except it's actually like a really amazing thematically, uh, strong story, um, about a girl with bug powers who wants to be a hero and, uh, just the, the tagline for the story is doing the right, the wrong things for the right reasons. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, worms. Awesome. After you wanted to do, you know, a little game in the the world i had to yeah. look it up and kind of read through some of the and they've done some amazing uh world building oh it's it's so like consistent like every almost every aspect that i can think of 
it's covered you know you well, think of a plot hole but there's actually a reason behind that yeah yeah well and like the idea of having superpowers but there's always you know it's it's never just mm-hmm. i'm super powerful and there's right nothing that can hurt me and i have no weaknesses like every superpower comes with an inherent weakness built in right yeah, and uh, one of the main things, and this is like minor spoilers, but like I think it's a big draw, is uh, all of the superpowers come from trauma, and they like resonate with that trauma. So people like they have power, but they are still like haunted by their past because their power will remind them of that terrible moment when they got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, well, yeah. It, it's a great story. I think everyone needs to read it. Definitely, definitely. All right, man. Thank you so much for playing with us thank you for joining me and uh you were amazing thank you it was a really really good time yeah we'll definitely have to have you back on please draculian needs to become a dragon it's it's his lifelong dream for sure all right man uh and hey all the listeners out there we've talked enough we'll let you get back to listening to the episode thank you so much for listening and i love you bye bye Who is you? Oh, one of my children. Two of my children, in fact, and three of the chosen. This is a very interesting day. I am Jacobin. You may call me Jake. I like it. I've been down here so long. Forgive me. I I tend to forget what it's like to talk to other sentient beings. Um, would you would you like some of the tea I've provided for you? You is dragon. Dracolian had like had a sip of the tea, but like when um, Jacobin materialized, like almost choked on it. <laughs> He's like currently recovering. I'm not a big tea drinker. Thank you, though. He says, well, I am a dragon. I've been prove a dragon it. all my life. Well, how would you like me to prove it? I'd, I mean, turn into a fly I'd and rather, then a dragon I'd and rather, then an elf again. I'd. I'd rather not. You see, changing my shape takes a lot of energy from me, and I am getting so very old. I've been... Well, I like the shape I'm in now. It's very comfortable. And we do not want to be crushed by a great dragon's form. It's... They they are rather large, so just... Thank you for that, but I I was never the largest of dragons. It's, It's part of what helped me survive as long as I did. Now... But you are one of the most powerful. Uh, well, only because I'm the only one left. <laughs> Anyways, so here's what I'm going to need from the four of you. Um, I'm going to have to make it so that you don't remember me, but that you remember you had a good time here and you didn't find what you were looking for, though. Wait, 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 wait. But no, this is my life's work. This is my dream. You, you make this fool forget but you give me token. See, I, I'm i bound by certain rules no, that you're not. keep you're last me alive. One. you last and one. No rules. One of them is that I, I don't meddle in the affairs of the world anymore. You see, that's what wiped out me and, well, my kind. They decided it was a good idea to try and influence how things were going because they didn't like 
how they were going. So they got them all themselves all killed. And I prefer existing. I rather like the control that I have, but if everyone knew I was here, you see, someone would try to find a way to steal my power. So as I'm talking to him, I have the ability to notice any valuables in the room, right? Now, what I'm curious about, because he's a dragon, there should be like loose dragon scales in theory, right? It's as if you're Spider-Man and you're about to get crushed by something, but you have no idea where it's coming from. It's just going off like crazy from every corner of this room. While this conversation is going on, I feel that going off and I want to do an investigation, like a, a sneaky look around the room to see if I can identify what that is. Okay. 19. With that role, you get the impression that the reason why your senses are going off like this is that everything in this room is valuable. But I Every- can't see anything specific to steal, like stealthily. Uh, well, you you go to pick up one of the, you reach across and pick up one of the teacups off the table and pretend like you're taking a sip from it and kind of bite it a little bit, and you realize it's made from gold. And then you start to dig your claws into the back of this love seat. And you realize it's made from gold. And you start to assume everything in this room is made from gold. Okay. At this point, I start shoving teacups and uh, plateware into my pockets. As you start doing that, Jacob starts laughing and he says, Oh, child, child, that's not going to work for you. And you realize as you're shoving these into your pockets you don't feel the weight anymore and they're disappearing and reappearing back where they were when you took them. I look at Jake and I'm like, you pay me now! <laughs> says, don't don't worry, child. I will, I will leave, let you all leave with a little something. I can't stop what is coming. Only... What is coming? I have the same question. Um, a great conflict. I can't give you much information, you understand. I can't... There's only so much I can leave in your brains when you leave here. Right. Have you seen Bilton yet? Bilton? Does that name ring a bell? You mean one of the unclean ones? Yes, I... He's been looking for me for a, a, a bit now. Okay. I just thought it was kind of weird. It was a little... Uh, it was not too far from here. Maybe you've seen oh, him. don't worry. He, he can't... He can't find me. Anyways, I will leave you all with some information that can help. While Jake goes back to talking, I sort of harumph and go back to trying to stuff random things from his laboratory into my pockets. <laughs> As hoping, they disappear. Hoping something will stay. Dracolian keeps like glancing from the stealing from stealing from a dragon to the dragon with a worried look. As he's talking, he starts to explain that there is a a conflict coming and that The five detectives at the Beholder's Eye are somehow through, basically through the random chaos of the universe, these five detectives, for some reason, are stopping this conflict from being as bad as it will be. Like, some of these random things that they've been doing are are stopping things that they have no idea they're affecting and as explaining this Barry you start to feel that tickle down at the base of your brain again and Barry you hear you're kind of tuning him out you're having a hard time focusing on what he's saying and you hear a voice in the back of your head say hello again Barry Uh, again Uh, yes I've 
don't worry, you won't remember this conversation either. There's something I'm gonna need you to do now, Barry. Is this Jacob? Are you? No, no. Me a message? Don't worry about him. Um, I'm gonna need you to go ahead and kill him, though. He's he's not seeing what's right in front of his eyes. This has worked likely. well. You know that's a dragon right in front of me, right? As as you're kind of having this conversation in your head with him, I'm gonna need you to make a wisdom save. That will be a ten. Barry, you as as you're kind of arguing with this voice in your head, you start to feel your hand move towards the. Uh, you have a rapier, right? I have a rapier or a dagger. Okay, no, you you start to feel your hand move towards the handle of your rapier, and you you're not in control of your body at this point. You're you're starting to unsheath the sword, and the the voice in the back of your head says, "Yes, very." He won't see it coming. Just stab him right through the chest. Now You probably should have used the assassin, but I'll give it a go. Well, I'm not in the assassin's head, am I? I'm in your head, Barry. I I have to make do with what I have. We've worked on this, Barry. Trust me. Trust me. I will make sure that you get everything you need when this is all over. Uh, Dad? Yes, you will meet your parents again now. Cool. I make Kill him. him. So, Kill him. Before you do that, Swifty can see Barry like fingering his rapier, yep. right? Um, I'm gonna have everybody. Uh, I'm gonna have Chirp, uh, Swifty, and Draculian make a perception check. <laughs> you not twenty that? Yeah, he did. Oh shit! I uh, got a fifteen. Seven. Floating up in the corner, kind of taking this all in. You're too involved in what Jake is saying and eating your crackers. I'm not eating the crackers. Oh, you're not eating the crackers? No. Okay. Still, you're I'm still waiting. I'm holding the crackers. Okay. I'm unsure if this food is edible. Adam can see me mumbling, like he can hear me mumbling. Oh. He didn't even offer me beer. <laughs> he didn't even offer me beer. Dracolian didn't you, even offer me beer. You notice uh, Barry starting to draw his weapon, but Swifty, the whole time Barry was talking in his head, you could just sense that something was off with him. And as soon as he started to reach for his rapier, um, I'm going to let you do something if you want to. I tackle him. Okay. I push him up against the wall and I say, Not now, Barry. We come back and kill him later. What is going on? Jake, still sitting in the chair, is kind of laughing to himself. And he says, Don't. Don't worry, you can, you can let him go. I knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, what was he doing? And he wouldn't have gotten out of his... He well, was I going was, to try and kill me. I A was, lot of people that have some sort of human blood in them, uh, they, they just can't help themselves. They they gr- so greatly desire my power. Well, I'm I, used whoa. to this. I kind of like shake my head a little bit. I'm like, try to kill you? No. Guys, no. Because I did not pay you for that. I just want to point that out. That is not in the contract at all. I, in fact, your job's already done. Why are you even looking at me like this, Draco? You got tackled by your murderous friend who really likes to kill things. So I was surprised because your hand was on the rapier. I'm just saying, like, if your murderous friend stops you from doing murder, perhaps is kind of significant thing. You pay me now? <laughs> yeah, Barry, when, when Swifty tackled you, you immediately snapped out of it and, and have no recollection of the last few seconds. And Jake says, don't 
don't worry, don't worry, friends, don't worry. Please come, come back and sit down. You're not going to remember most of this by the end of this anyways. So what I will leave you with, and as he starts to say that, the door that you all came through starts to rattle a bit. That's ominous. And Jake says, wait, that's not possible. I've... I've got to go faster than I thought. Pilton seems to be... But I have so many questions. We... I need to ask you so many things. Dracolian, here's, here's what I will, will propose. You three, the chosen, I, I've already told you too much. I'm going to have to do a, at least a light mind wipe on some of the things that I've, I've told you. So I'm going to do that now. And he claps his hands together. And the three of you see a bright flash of white light as this... You, your vision kind of returns to you. You are now standing back on the platform where that tram had brought you to the stone wells. You remember most of what just happened. The details of what is coming in the future that he told you was about all that he took out. But you remember, you know, that you tried to attack him, but everybody told you that you tried to attack him. Barry and Chirp, you remember, you know, floating and listening to most everything. But you you all get the sense that there's something missing and Dracolian's not there anymore, which I'll, I'll deal with Do that in a second. Do we remember him? Do we remember yeah. Dracolian? Well, yeah. You do. You do. The last thing you you remember, though, is is that flash, and then now it's just the three of you. I uh, look at my uh, comrades over here, and I'm like, uh, I think it's a little unnecessary. The DM already wiped my brain once. <laughs> I fucking hate magic. And as the th well, as the three of you are standing there, a very professional-looking dwarven man with slick back jet black hair comes walking out of the Stonewell offices, and he says, You three, I'm Stanley. You wanted... To come see me, you're from the Beholder's Eye, right? What? I was told there were two dragonborn with you. What happened? Oh, funny story, guys. Uh, I push past Stanley and just walk the fuck off, <laughs> ignoring him completely. <laughs> I, I, I follow Swifty. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, oh, so I'm confused. sorry, Stanley. You got the wrong guys. And he, just, and roll. he stands there looking really confused and he says, very busy, man. I don't have time for this. And he turns around and walks back into the office. The three of you, tram pulls up. Y'all get on it and make your way back to the Beholder's Eye. As the three of you walk in, Dracolian is standing in the lobby. While the three of you, you know, had this little run-in with Stanley and were making your way back, Dracolian, when this flash of white light happened, the other three people disappeared out of the room. And as you and Jake are standing there, Jake says, Okay, Dracolian, I'm I'm going to help you are? You, I, I've, known f I know, I've known for some time now that I need to pass along. I need to die. No. The extent of my power is, is something that not one person can have. But what I'm going to do is you're, I'm going to train you to be able to handle at least a fraction of my power. And I'm going to give you something that will aid in the coming conflict. But I can't do it quite yet, so I'm gonna send you back to the detectives. You tell them that they helped you on their on your quest, and you do not need their services anymore, and, you know, give them this. And he hands you a bag that feels like it's very heavily laden with gold, but as he does it, you can see a single streak of gray hair appear in his um, in his hair, and he, he says, now, Go ahead and give them this. It it will greatly help their coffers. But what I'm gonna need you to do is is go back home, and I will I will come and contact you when you when I'm ready for you. Okay. But right now I need to I need to get out of here. My my position after all these years has been compromised, and I don't really know where to go yet. But I I will deal with that. Okay. 
I understand, monsieur. I, I will do exactly as you say. That's good. And he snaps his finger. And the next thing you know, like the scene around you completely at the snap of that finger turns into the lobby of the beholder's eye as Chirp, Barry, and Swifty walk back in through the door. Uh, that didn't take long. How did the three of you react to seeing him again? <laughs> I don't remember him leaving. So, I mean, he might as well start it before us. Well, the last thing you guys remember is that he was like left in that room, basically. Like you guys just appeared back on that platform. I said... I say, Dracolian, what happened to you? Chocolate Blue, what are you doing here? I walk past him, shrugging my shoulders and mumbling something about fucking wizards <laughs> back to my office, and I slam the door on all of them. He was in the middle of raising up the bag to, like, shake it for you, but you'd already passed by, so... And then he shrugs, well, this is for you. And he hands it to Barry, I guess. Oh, thank you. Grab it. Not, not just for you, it's for the whole team, although if you want to redistribute... I'm good at sharing. Don't, don't, don't even worry about it, man. Yeah, no. I'm good at sharing. I'm gonna let man. that guy kill you, Barry. As you're handing it over to Barry, and Barry, like you're having this exchange, Aldalar uh, comes walking out from the back, and he's like, "Oh, good, Ooh. you're all back. What you got there, Barry? Um, a keepsake. Oh, good. It's a gift for all of you, all of you, not just Barry, and well, probably mostly everyone except Swifty. You can just give him a little bit less. It's okay. <laughs> uh, noted. Al says. Uh, thank you, thank you so much for this. Uh, I'm glad that you could uh, get along with Swifty. I know he's a bit coarse sometimes, but um, rigid, some would say. Did you did you guys find the dragon? It's a wrap, people.